Hello and welcome to the Midweeks with Pastor Rob. How are you doing? Today I'm going to continue talking about the turning points in church history. Um, This is a very quick walk through 2,000 years of uh, church history and um, I really enjoy learning about the history of the church. It's the context of my life, the context of the world. And it's what's been happening since uh, Christ raised from the dead or was raised from the dead. And so we are now going to enter a turning point uh, called the beginning of Christendom. The beginning of Christendom. Christendom is a term that's used to describe when Christianity and political order become 100% enmeshed. It's the kingdom of Christ. It's Christendom. And this is how the story goes. Uh, In the year 800 AD, um, on Christmas Day, a man who was a bit of a warlord, a conquering warlord, a political leader named Charlemagne, or Charles the Great, was crowned by a pope as the Holy Roman Emperor. I think I've got that right. The Holy Roman Emperor Charlemagne I, crowned king by the Pope. And there are many events that were leading up to this, and we'll talk about that in a sec, but this was a major turning point in church history. If you can remember where we've been so far, um, at the end of the Apostolic Age, somewhere, somewhere in the around 70 AD, um, the, the Bible was being completed uh, as far as being the letters being written, and uh, Peter and Paul had been martyred. Uh, by Nero, and the apostles were dying, and we entered into a phase of about 200-250 years of hostility from the Roman emperors against the church. Sometimes it was really intense persecution, sometimes it was light persecutions, but the emperors, the unbelieving emperors of Rome, were hostile to the church. And that changed with Constantine in the uh, early 300s, and uh, was really it was a really significant time when Constantine brought together a council to um, settle a church issue about the nature of Christ. Was he a creature or is he truly God? And so we have this move where a Roman emperor is now summoning the church to come together. And so this is the first instance of an emperor looking to the church as a good thing. And now um, about. 450 years after this, we see a turnover where now we have the leader of the church or a leader of the church, the Pope, who is kind of the top bishop um, over definitely the western half of the church, but they thought that they were the preeminent bishop over the entire church. We have the leader of the church now crowning an emperor. And so you can see that there's been a progression of the relationship from persecution to welcoming to now crowning emperors. And uh, so this is a big deal. And it happened with Charlemagne. That's kind of the name to remember here. And so what was leading up to this? How did this event occur? Um, lots of stuff was leading up to it. Uh, and a couple of things I want to mention were kind of the, the division between West and East. Um, there was a major growth in the no- West and in the North of Christianity. If you can kind of picture the Mediterranean Sea in your head, um, the church started in Jerusalem over on the East side and was spreading westward and went through Greece and went to Rome. 
And there were some major centers also in Alexandria, so on the south side of the Mediterranean Sea in North Africa, major centers of learning, major Christian centers on the north side of the Mediterranean Sea. But most of the faith was kind of just gathered around the Mediterranean Sea. And they very heavily weighted on the eastern side, on the right-hand side, especially in the Greek-speaking world. But um, as time went on, um, there became some division, some political scufflings between the West and the East, especially as the Pope in Rome, the bishop seat in Rome became more and more prominent. But also, missionary work was going into Europe, and Europe was gaining strength, both uh, as political and military force, as as well as just the Christian influence in that area. Um, another thing that was happening in the 600s, the uh, Islam was born. In the 600s, uh, Muhammad came on the scene, um, says he's received writings from the prophet Gabriel and has some significant battles in Medina and other places. And within a few decades after Muhammad coming on the scene, Um, Islamic soldiers or Muslim soldiers have conquered a huge, huge amount of area around the Mediterranean and even making inroads into Spain on the north side of the, uh, the sea. And so you have a lot of political turmoil because of this. You know, this area used to be all Roman and then as Rome welcomed Christianity, it was becoming more and more Christian. And now this Islamic force was coming out of um, the Arab world, and it was taking over and sort of dis- it was displacing Roman rule or Roman influence, Roman history, as well as Christian rule. And um, lots of m- this new Muslim territory was uh, fairly welcoming to Christianity. They, they weren't harsh oppressors. They, they gave them space. Um, though definitely Muslim Islam was do- dominant there. And so what had happened, um, so you have the rise of Islam. And another thing that had happened amongst all these things is that Rome in the 400s, I think it was 465 or something like this, but in the 400s, um, Rome was sacked. Um, it, and so Rome was the city that had not been invaded for a long time. It had been invaded in its early, early history and and destroyed and then rebuilt, but it had not been rebuilt or invaded for a long time. And so Rome fell in the 400s. And so that really destabilized Rome and Christianity in that area as they were kind of saying, hey, this was, you know, a main um, Christian city. How could this city have be falling apart? We thought that this was the fulfillment of God's plan, that the major uh, empire of the world would come to the true uh, faith of the world, and this would just be how it is. And so when Rome fell, that really destabilized things. And over time, the emperors actually moved their capital to Constantinople, which is in modern-day Turkey, just Istanbul in modern times, but Constantinople, which is farther east and was closer to this kind of like growing Islamic force. And so with all these things going on, a division between east and west, um, growing Islamic power, and the the emperor being seated in Constantinople closer to this Islamic threat, there's this kind of looking towards what is next for the stability of um, the Christian world. And so the Pope was looking for, for someone who would kind of be a strong political leader um, for the West. And they, they found this person in Charlemagne. And, uh, 
so there you go. And I guess as the story goes, he, he wasn't actually super excited to get it. I think as the story goes in Mark Knoll's book, Charlemagne w- maybe wasn't exactly sure what kind of party he'd been invited to when all of a sudden the Pope showed up with a crown and crowned him the Holy Roman Empire or Emperor. And you can even see in the title, Holy Roman Emperor, kind of this combination of trying to rebuild this fallen Rome and the political unity over vast territory that it that people remembered it to have as well as the Holy Roman Empire, and this is one established by God or established by Christ or supported or looked on. So I, so he's a leader, he's a Christian leader, and he's a Roman, uh, pulling together the Roman history, and he's the emperor, so ruling over a vast empire. So this was kind of the, the things that led up to this crowning of Charlemagne in the Holy Roman Empire. And one of the effects was it was Christendom. This is what we're talking about, the creation of Christendom. And it's this idea that every part of life um, comes under the rule of Christ. And especially like political life, city life. And so the church and the state, as we would call it, I don't think they thought of it back then at all, um, where they would both just recognize that Jesus is Lord to some sense. You know, there's always political struggles. There's always wranglings and stuff like that. But they would both say, we are accountable to God. And it's our job to um, have our people's lives lived in the presence of Christ. And the church at this time had a very was growing a very sacramental view of life. So what what does that mean, sacramental? Well, uh, the sacraments for the Protestants are baptism and communion, and these are physical things we do that we say um, picture receiving grace or picture that you have received grace. They act out the faith. You go into baptism, you come out. It's reenacting dying with Christ and being raised with Christ. You take communion, which is the blood of Christ and the body of Christ, and you're enacting through in grace by faith uh, being one with Jesus and taking him into yourself renewing the covenant and so they were seeing all of life as this thing that you lived with God whether it was work going to church you know everything was just about God and so they were developing this sacramental view of life where all of your life every day all your seasons were this combination of political life spiritual life personal life family life and everything was together for Christ in Christendom. And so they, what they didn't have was a secular view of life. And this is kind of what we deal with in the West, where we have this secular view of life where, you know, our governments are secular. They're not really allowed to think about people's eternal futures when they make decisions or when they say things. They're self-consciously thinking, oh, we don't, we're not going to act like there's a heaven or a hell. We're not going to act like one God is better than the other one or, or even that there is necessarily a God. It's a secular culture where they they self-consciously reject ideas of eternity, whether it's eternity past or eternity future or an afterlife. They're just saying we're concentrating on the now. And the secular culture, secular government is the opposite of Christendom, where they would say, we believe in Christian truth and everything we do is influenced by and pointed towards um, eternal life and life in the present time under Christ. And so that was really born in this time where a pope crowned a, ho- a holy Roman empire started, or emperor, started this this time of Christendom. And the context was lots of upheaval in the Middle East through the movement of Islam and weakness in the church through 
kind of a relational division between East and West, as well as some theological division, which is what we'll get into next time a little bit more. So there you have it, the end of the apostolic age, the um, first council that had to do with Christ and his person as being fully God, truly God, the Chalcedon Council, the establishment of monks and monasteries, and now Christendom in these turning points. Have a great day.